It's 11 minutes before 8 p.m. You tuned in to Metro FM Talk here on the Mighty Metro. We kick things off and uh, we head out to the world of uh, big money and big power. And uh, it's our wrap of the top business stories. And helping me to take a look at these stories is market analyst Noluantle Mtombini. Noluantle, good evening to you and welcome. Hi, I am Mungunjani. Mungunjani. Noluantle, I want us to start off with NAMPAC. Um, you know, I found the story interesting because I guess of... Uh, the implications of hard lockdowns and uh, the closure of alcohol sales um, and the ripple impact, I guess, upstream for many producers of cans, bottled uh, and other forms of packaging. And NAMPAC is certainly a dominant player in that particular sector. Uh, They've done a lot of, um, I guess, uh, cost saving uh, uh, exercises and a lot of uh, strategic refreshes in their business, uh, but uh, seemingly hurt, I guess, uh, by uh, the immobility and uh, the restrictions brought about by COVID-19. Yes. So NAMPAC, you know, has business and it supplies, you know, a lot of the canning from South Africa um, across, you know, the number of industries. Mm. So, you know, at the height of lockdown, demand is obviously down from, you know, from just normal everyday consumption items as well as alcohol. And that impacted it, which, you know, in the trading update shows that, you know, it was impacted by revenue and lower demand, especially now as we came into you know, level three lockdown in December, that also, you know, had another impact. But fortunately, NAMPAC had been, you know, winning contracts outside of SA, um, expanded outside of the borders to be able to diversify its customer and revenue base. And that was able to offset the weakness that we saw in the South African market. Mm, mm. And, and let's talk about some of the other markets where many South African businesses who have operations in the continent have certainly uh, been hit hard by currency devaluations in oil-dependent nations of Angola, Nigeria. Uh, and certainly NAMPAC wasn't um, you know, uh, saved from that particular fate. Yeah, so you know, like many SA countries, they have a lot of exposure to Angola, Nigeria. And, you know, with the addition to any devaluations of currencies that we've seen happening, they also were not able to, you know, get cash out of these countries as mm, well, mm. Um, which obviously affects your ability to service your debt. So it is, you know, current headwind that has been there for a while now, um, and they'll have to, you know, you know, just get through it. But nonetheless, we are seeing improvements in those countries as the COVID-19 restrictions start being eased, demand picks up, um, and that, you know, hopefully, you know, there's good momentum on that. You know, obviously, touch wood on any further viruses and, and waves, but, you know, just like in South Africa, also seeing the recovery from, you know, improved numbers, the same thing's happening in these regions, and it will translate into better currencies, better, you know, in the fiscus will also be improving as well. Mm-hmm. Talking about the fiscus, uh, the land bank, uh, certainly one of the big problems uh, for many of those who uh, you know, are on the asset liability and contingent liability management uh, part of our government. Uh, missing their debt restructuring deadline, but uh, I guess um, have to comply to that court order to pay standard chartered what is due to them. Yes, so just to, you know, just to take a step back, I mean, they defaulted in 2022 not alone to standard chartered mm. and they were, you know, basically sued for that money back and there was an agreement that they would, you know, have a restructure agreement um by the thirty first of March and if they failed to do that they'd have to repay the loan in full. So 
Standback did fail to reach that restructuring agreement with lenders on by 31st, which is today. And as a result, they will now have to pay that $400 million, which they've indicated that will be the case. Mm. So, you know, it's unfortunate, but I think, you know, they are trying to come up with solutions to save the land bank. Um, but ultimately, you know, that loan will be paid off. And it's probably also a positive thing because they can reduce debt. It's very quite a key to mm. turning it around. Well, what are some of, I mean, some of the solutions that they're considering here? Um, because I guess the the major issue here is around um, not just you know dealing with the debt, but the implications that that will have on the cash flow position and uh, by extension, the lending behavior of the land bank. Yeah, so this is one which is quite interesting and it's something that I'm watching is that one of the proposals is that to basically have this restructuring of the business model and splitting the book into the developmental book and commercial one. Mm, what does that mean? It's it is basically like able when African bank you know fell through the cracks. There was a good bank and a bad bank. That's exactly what they're doing. No, no, no. But I mean, I guess in this case, there's a seemingly political drive on the part of the treasury um, or the shareholder representative um, to have this done. I mean, so so is the developmental part the bad book or is the commercial side the the good book or or uh, I guess it, does this have anything to do with transformation as some people are suggesting? So. Ultimately, lenders we obviously are part of trying to come up with the solution. So it's not; it will never be a government-led solution because governments are appealing to lenders to come up with a solution and to bring something that the lenders can approve. So I would imagine that a huge part of this has to do with lenders saying here, because also lenders want to kind of you know have clarity on whether if I'm lending you, am I lending you to a development bank or am I is it a commercial one? And I know that one of the lenders, you know, I think this future growth was started to question exactly what are you actually doing? Are you really developing? Is it mental? Is it commercial? What am I lending into? So I think from lender's perspective, there will be that pressure to differentiate in terms of developmental and commercial. And developmental is would be the scene as the bad bank because um, there, the, you know, the recovery of the loans seems to be much more difficult because you have to support people in need, whereas in the commercial one would probably the, be the good book which is performing. Mm, I, I don't know. I mean, certainly from, from what I've heard about even the commercial book, uh, that uh, the drought devastated the value of that particular book. But um, I guess, um, you know, a lot of people are hedging their bets on uh, the ability of that commercial book to generate strong enough cash flows uh, mm. to be able to pay some of the interest uh, repayments that are due uh, to many of these creditors. SAA pilots, still locked out? Uh, what's the latest on that one? They're still locked out. <laughs> 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 That's the latest. I um, and, you know, what's happening now is that, you know, they are giving notice to to strike. So, you know, I'm, I'm still, you know, confused in terms of you know the striking part of it because if you're locked out mm. um you know where does the striking elements fit in as seemingly as you know from a lockout you know you basically have no access you're not getting any benefits but so, what are the issues at stake here i mean you know hi no luange yeah sorry sorry that was oh, i was over. like hey siri i'm turning on luange um, but I mean, what are the issues um, that are, I guess drive not only just the lockout, but also the continuing impasse here between the two entities? 
So the first thing is that, you know, the reason why the lockout came about is because, you know, there's agreement that happened, you know, you know, decades ago between the South African, um, you know, SAA union and the part in the airline. And basically that package that they have or that agreement, you know, gives special treatment to SAA pilots in that union. And, you know, they get paid really well. And, you know, government is trying to change those conditions to, to you know, to, to make the um, airline more profitable. But also to, you know, incorporate certain transformational agendas in there because of the low the low number of South African, I mean, black pilots mm. in the industry. So, you know, government wants to, you know, tackle both the transformation issue and also the, you know, the, the pay scales, all those conditions. And, you know, you can imagine, obviously, the scale, um, the majority of pilots that are in the SAA union, group, that, are with, that are with the with SAA union, would be obviously non-black, non-black, non-black um, pilots. So, you know, they also don't want to be put in a position where the government hands and pick, handpicks who they want, you mm. know, as the pilots, if they have to retrench the majority of them. You know, they don't want to, you know, probably have, you know, all the black pilots chosen and then there's only going to be just a, the remaining picks will be the white pilots. Mm. So those are kind of issues we're kind sure. of grappling with there on, on as far as the lockout. So certain conditions for them to come to the agreement um, are still in the balance there in terms of they cannot have any agreement on those sort of um, factors in terms of, you know, what what the terms will be going forward if they dissolve the you know the previously standing agreements between the union and the and, and the new airline. Mm, mm. No, Rodley, I would have wanted us to to maybe speak about uh, some of the climate funds that South Africa can access to to deal with the carbon uh, emission reduction strategy of the government. But unfortunately, we have run out of time, and uh, we're going to have to leave it here. Uh, but uh, certainly, a lot on the the plate of SAA and the Land Bank. And uh, all of these stories uh, undoubtedly continue. Nolwandli, as always, a pleasure catching up with you. And thank you very much for your time. My pleasure. That there was Nolwandli Mtombeni, market analyst, uh, joining us there for our wrap of the top business stories. We're going to take a brief break now. And on the other side, we speak to the CEO of the Small Enterprise Finance Agency. Uh, Mr. Mkolis Machamba is my next guest.